Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. This is the People's Pitch, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. If you are in the wrong uh, on the wrong channel, please stick around and join us for this evening. I am John, your host, and as always, is my first entry under N in my soccer rolodex, Mister Nate Morales. Nate, I. I'm sure you missed me as much as I missed you last week, but yeah. what did you do to, to pass the time outside of brushing up on your talking points for this week? Um, well, uh, not too much, man. Not too much. I got to do a little housework, rebuilding some stairs, cracked a couple beers for the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's time. right. Yeah, you had, uh, you had lent off. So, uh-huh. I mean, you know, you could be like the rest of us and go up like something like peas. <laughs> yeah, you know like or, just give up beef jerky yeah yeah <laughs> oh, you, you know what beef really, jerky no i can really do it i can really do without more funyuns in my life yeah <laughs> it's a sacrifice uh, it's a true sacrifice right. my yeah but hey you know you do you man yep well it's gonna be back man happy to, happy to do the show with you for another week all right. Well, the show we have, we are packed to the gills with content. I can barely believe it and handle it. I'm getting real excited here about it. <laughs> we have a reader question that we'll be talking through today. Um, we have more signings that have come through, and the old pathway to pro strikes again as a city player has moved on this time to Sweden, and we will bring you all of that hotness. Um, our very, also, our very own Aaron Olsen has been dipping his toes in the deep end with some, some pros lately, and... To continue our pool analogy, we'll talk about the cannonball that 55-1's Damien AC dropped in the kiddie pool of local soccer and how those waves have hit Minneapolis City. So let's make it happen, Nate. Yeah, let's start with the mailbag. We're going to start the show (laughs) with another reader question. This one comes from longtime listener, frequent caller, Bryn. (laughs) (laughs) Bryn writes... It's too bad other folks don't send in questions. The podcast is great. I mean, come on. It contains the world-famous Lupian Automotive Speedrun. See, he started by buttering us up, which which right. I like. Well, yeah, right, of course. <laughs> you know, like, you can't just come in with, like, the question right yeah. away. You got you to gotta prime the pump a little bit. I got things to know. So his question <laughs> this week is another one about the U23 team. Uh, he said it was interesting to hear the Bug Eaters owner... Jonathan Kalura talk about having a team in both the UPSL and the NPSL um, with the one in the UPSL acting as maybe their second team or their U23 kind of situation. He says he knows the U23 team of ours is playing a non-league schedule this year. He has no idea about the costs slash rules slash competitiveness of the UPSL, but they did recently add a Midwest conference. So would the club consider or want 
the U23 team to play in the UPSL Midwest North region? If yes, why? If no, why not? He also threw in two bonus questions. What so is just your full opi- of questions. What is your opinion <laughs> slash take on the UPSL in general? And what are the pros cons of having a non-league schedule? Uh, you know, so I don't want to, I didn't want to get into him, into it with him when Jonathan was on and add like another 20 minutes to the show by interrupting him and challenging, challenging his assumption. But I, th- I would think, and I think we've talked about this, that there are rules about rostering the same players in two different USSF sanctioned leagues. Am I right? Yes, you're correct. Um, you can't necessarily register a player in two leagues. Um, so sharing players and the roster movement that we've brought into the mix with having two teams this year, it'll kind of defeat the purpose for us if we decide to do something like that. So you'd have to have two separate rosters and then just a, <laughs> a level of paperwork that myself and Sarah would have to go through to like release a guy and add a guy. It would be uh, a, just a, a total mess. Yeah. So, um, so, it, but it's not to say that it's something that we couldn't do in the future. You know, we, this is our first year having the U23s. So the way we're doing it is kind of like the keep it simple, stupid strategy. Right. So, you know, we're, we're not getting ourselves involved in a lot of the hard stuff. You know, it, mm-hmm. we have to see if this is a successful thing. If it's not, then we have to go back to the drawing board. And if it is successful, then we can start thinking about how we layer more onto it. Um, you know, I, I think I, I, I text with the Bavarians like two, three times a month about all related soccer things. Uh, one topic in particular that we'll be talking about later today. Oh yeah. The um, end of his, the end of Bryn's email was this uh, suggestion. Like it would be cool to play the Bavarians again. And yeah, he says, I yeah. also know there's some beef slash information. I don't know about when it comes to FC Minneapolis, but if anything, that would make for a good Derby. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this was written a couple weeks ago, obviously, before the article that we're going to talk about came out. Yeah, great, great foreshadowing there, Bryn. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I talk to those guys in Milwaukee frequently. Um, and, you know, like we we're trying to make things work to kind of kick back up that rivalry again. Um, so there, there's like, you know, always conversation around some sort of how do we get together and something may happen soonish. Um, but the, the FC Minneapolis part um, is, is something that we'll, we'll get into a little bit later. I, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned that right away before we get into the rest of his, um, yeah. his comments that, uh, that we, uh, we did listen to all of your questions. <laughs> yeah. So second part of his question was, or bonus question number one, what is your opinion slash take on the UPSL? Um, for me, the jury is still out on what the UPSL is going to look like this year. But I would say my take on it is similar to when it was the PLA in that it is a mix of solid established teams with great history, like the Bavarians or the Croatians or Adria. But there's also these newer teams that are that are late to the game that are just now in the UPSL um, with maybe some questionable staying power. Do you agree? Um, I do agree. There, there's part of it that I, I do kind of disagree on, though, and that's uh, we'll start with disagree first. So. I, d- I disagree that it's it's a lot like the PLA. Um, outside of just the same teams, the league itself is is completely different. Um, it's new. It's new to the game right now. Uh, I believe what they're in their second second full season, mm-hmm. or they're starting their second full season as a as a league. Oh. Um, the rules around the UPSL are quite different than what they are with the NPSL, and the NPSL has been around for many years. And is is very established, and you can you can say like, well, 
I see, you know, a new NPSL team popping up like every 10 minutes and I see a UPSL team popping up every 10 minutes. Yeah, we can be we can fall in the same bucket from a league Yeah, so what's the there. difference, right? People, yeah, you know, so we, on people the surface. Believe, yeah, on the surface it's it's different, but the connection um, and the longevity from a relationship standpoint to US soccer, both um, you know, um, the the full the full-fledged U.S. soccer badge, and then the the amateur arm, the USASA. That relationship is a lot is a lot thicker, and and the regulations and the rules that are followed um, are a little bit more closely aligned with those organizations because of the fact that there's been a relationship for so long. So I'll disagree with you on the fact that it, it seems similar to the PLA. Yeah. Um, and and but I'll agree I'll agree with you though that there is. You know, the Midwest division that they put together is very competitive outside of the teams that they brought in from here. I think if you look at it, you look at the MPSL North and then the, the Midwest Conference, the UPSL, you, you can't say that ourselves or Duluth or, um, you know, Twin Stars or v, VSLT, like the, any one of us that would move into that conference and, and help make it better. You know, you have Granite City, which no one really knows much about and is it is it going to be another fc minneapolis type situation it, it may not be it, it probably won't be but they haven't had a very strong track record of success in the leagues they've been in recently mm-hmm. so it's like you remove those two teams out and you put like ourselves and duluth or vslt and twin stars in their place that that division gets really attractive so i, I think that um you know the the, the top half of it is going to be very similar to what we had when we were in the PLA. And then the bottom half is basically just an extra three points for the top half every time they, they play against them. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, that's kind of my take on, on, on it there. But, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see how that conference goes. You know, like the Aurora, we, we, we played Aurora, and mm-hmm. that organization was well put together. Yep. Um, you know, and they have a good location, although it's very narrow. Um, and, uh, the old Moose Knuckle stadium down there in Aurora. Um, (laughs) but so I, I'm excited to see what comes out of it. And you better believe that, uh, when the Bavarians are in town, I'm going to go see them play against FC Minneapolis. Yeah. That's really exciting. That'll be really, that'll be really cool. Right. So, and, and I, I, early indications are that they're going to, they're going to pop over and and catch our game because I think we play on the same weekend. Oh, that's Um, awesome. So um, it's good to have those guys in town. Too bad it's not playing against them. But like I said in my previous comment uh, to Bryn's question, you know, there'll be something soonish happening with us and them. We're just both busy teams and you know how that goes. So since our our U23s are going to be playing a non-league schedule, um, let's also touch on the last last question. What are the pros and cons in your mind of playing a non-league schedule? Well, the pros are flexibility and, and rules that we don't have to necessarily follow. You know, we are rule followers. I don't want anyone to think like we're cutting corners here, but there's no like regulations that we have to necessarily abide by. We're going to, to layer on to, you know, what, what we – let me take a step back. So every player on our U23 roster had to fill out the same paperwork as the players on the MPSL roster, and that right. is so that when we go to share players – you know, the, the, the logistics around bringing a guy from one team to another is, is easy for us yeah, to do. It's already when, taken care of. It's already taken care of. Right. So then, you know, like removing a guy from our MPSL roster, you know, say he gets hurt or, you know, just performance, it's just not working out and, and they still want to be part of the organization. 
and they, and they, we want to substitute them for someone on the MPSL roster. We don't have to go through like a, a another league structure for us to, to do that. So that's, the, those are the definite, definite pros, but from a, uh, from a flexibility standpoint, um, you know, we can carry whatever roster size we want. You know, we're going to, we're going to keep it, you know, within reason, but we also have the ability to be mindful of our NPSL dates um, as to not kind of double dip for fans. Cause I expect that there'll be a following for the 23s to turn up to those matches Oh yeah, um, on non NPSL game days. And it also affords the players the chance to support the NPSL team as well. Their matches, um, you know, I, I, I already, I already noted that the player movement thing is big for us, but we have that solid group of players that are ready to fill those needs and we don't have to worry about that. And schedule's a big thing too. Um, and obviously um, from a, a con perspective is you don't have that league organization structure. So what I just said was a positive can also be looked at as a, as a, as a con because um, you, you, know, you don't have um, a U23 team for, from Duluth. Uh, you don't have a U23 team from VSLT. You don't yeah. have one from D- Dakota. You don't have one from Sioux Falls. Like we don't have that structure. And where there's no trophy can, to work for either. There's no trophy to work for either. Um, and it really does truly become development for us, which is what we've always wanted it to be. So, but, but not having that, the structure of those, of those guaranteed home and away games, we had to do more from a scheduling standpoint, you know, and we had to look outside of, mm-hmm. of, of the teams that are close to us because they don't have a team for us to play like that where we have to go and we're going to Nebraska to do the, to finish the home and away um, with the bug eaters, you know, so we get the guys to get a good trip down there and, and get away from the city. But we're also bringing in the, the, the full Croatian side from, from the, from the uh, UPSL. So we, we have the opportunity to, to, oh, to bring weird. in team. So we like, they, they're a team that, you know, we're still finalizing that roster or the, sorry, that, um, that schedule, but like they're a team that we're bringing in that's they're going to play us while they're in town to play right. against FC Minneapolis and, and Grand City. So we're gonna we're gonna be able to have an you know we, we can we can do that. We don't we don't have to be locked into playing the Twin Stars twenty threes. Cool. You know what I mean? So so there's flexibility there, but it, it could be a con because we don't have those guaranteed games. Right. All right. Well, thanks uh, thanks to Bryn again. Always great to get good questions on the show. Yeah, might as well just give him a job. <laughs> Dave Brin, uh, yeah, check out your inbox. We might have uh, we have some tasks for you pretty soon. <laughs> so, Nate, we announced the addition of two more horses to the city stable this week. One player is a little bit of a throwback, and one is a bit of a mystery. That is right, John. I was excited to hear as we talk, uh, you know, between shows, and you give me updates on what's going on that I can't break any any of the news on. I was excited to hear that you were working on the return of a former city midfielder, the U.S. and Paraguayan Youth International, Max Stiegwert. Yes, another Max. So another we subbed, Max. We subbed, last year we subbed one Max for a new Max, and now we have Maxes. Now we have so, two Maxes. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting how we we <laughs> they don't Taking look at the Max. They don't look anything alike, so I'm sure you'll you'll know who you're talking talking about yes. when, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, we'll have to figure out maybe some nickname scenarios. And you do love, you do know how I love a good nickname. That's for sure. To uh, so to refresh the memory of our listeners, the uh, Max is an MTA product, and he's a US U14 and U15 player uh, who was a member of our team in our inaugural season after finishing up his first year at Louisville. 
Uh, he featured in, I know, the Summit Keg match against Fargo FC Fargo and a couple other games, but his playing time was limited due to some obligations that he had with the Paraguay U20 squad, which is pretty sweet. Um, right. Since, right. since then, he has transferred to the University of Central Florida where he was afforded the opportunity to feature way more. And as we know, playing time is super valuable. Uh, after making this, because he only played in like something like 13 games in his first two seasons at... Uh, at Louisville, yeah. Louisville, and that was less than less than optimal. So after making that switch, he decided to stay in Florida last summer rather than coming back home to the cities. Uh, so down in Florida, he li- linked up with Weston FC. They play in the PDL, and they've got a whole developmental academy, youth squad, and all that stuff. Um, and his PDL side had a rough go last year. I guess they finished second from the bottom, th- only three wins, ten losses, uh, one draw, maybe only eleven goals all season. So. He was looking for something a little more, a little more interesting, something with a little more action, and definitely close to home. So it's going to be great to have him back. What does Max bring to the squad, John? Well, first off, I can only imagine how how the difference between a nice summer day in Minneapolis, you know, you're on the lake, you're just relaxing with your family and friends, is so much better than hot, sticky South Florida in the oh, summer. Oh, just a sweltering swamp hellhole. Yeah, just like having to like have Amazon prime now on the ready for baby powder to, to try to try to dry things. Just up. give me my gold bond <laughs> subscription, please. Yeah. Jesus. Right. So, um, outside of that, um, Max is a fantastic player. He's a great guy and he's a player that we really can use, um, all over our central midfield. Um, and we could have used that last year, to be honest, we, we weren't, we weren't necessarily too deep there. Um, but traditionally, he deploys as a number six in the past, but has the ability to play an eight or a ten as well um, at the same level that he does in the six. Um, he has a constant motor, plays plays um, you know really well box to box from a center midfield standpoint. Has you know his pedigree speaks to the fact that he's got very good technical skill and a, and a next level passing ability. Uh, I actually spoke to him today and kind of asked him the the million dollar question of why come back. And he simply said it was to be able to come back and play again where he grew up as a kid. And it's special for him to do that. Um, and he really didn't miss it last year after kind of a difficult summer playing on, um, you know, a non-successful side where, you know, he he had no real fan base to play for and there was little support for the community, which is odd because there's a, a huge youth organization that yeah. is connected to Weston. So it seems weird, you know, that that was, that was a thing, but I get it. Um, you know, that if there's no draw, it's, it's kind of tough. So, um, for that, that said, he'll, he'll be substituting, you know, what comes with the PDL, um, in, you know, in, in some cases, you know, the, they don't do the best job in the PDL of, of bringing people through the turnstiles. They, they focus more on just getting the team together and they usually have more money and they're able to house players and whatnot. And so their focus isn't on like, let's try to make it, let's try to make this a, a thing and more about like, this is just a, you know, a, a stop for some soccer mercenaries to, to make it to the next level. Cause it is pro development. So, um, so with that, you know, um, he basically substitutes a few extra looks by more, uh, more professional sets of eyes um, for, 
coming back home and playing in front of actual fans and, and what he feels is maybe, and I would feel it was more of a, a meaningful way to play soccer. Yeah. Um, and if we've proven already, you know, in the, in the most recent past year, the NPSL in Minneapolis city can be a place for players to be seen and make a jump to that higher level. So him coming back, isn't like a, oh, I'm taking a step down. It's more of, I'm, I'm checking off more boxes of what I want. Yeah. And and we can and we can still provide him with what he's looking for, as I I assure you is is an opportunity to play at a higher level after he's done at school. And he's already proven growing up that he's doesn't have a problem getting noticed by the right people. You know, right. three stints on two different international squads is not not too shabby by the time you're 21. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, now uh, and now I can't officially drink Summit. So so there we go. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he had, to, he had to wait till he turned 21 to come back. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. So Max wasn't the only signing that we announced this week. Uh, City also signed the enigmatic Siku Chroma. Who is this tricky midfielder? What is up with this alias I've heard about? And why might he be the team's secret weapon, John? <laughs> uh, no one really knows what's up with the, uh, the, the nickname, but anytime you get a player that can go by one name, that's pretty cool. So... Uh, Let's just call him City's version of Sting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so he was born in the UK, uh, and he comes to us via our first open tryout. So he's another one of those players that uh, we picked up through our open trial process. Um, he's a pacey attacking player with uh, with a bag of tricks that he can deploy off of the wing, but also as a, an all out striker if needed. Um, extremely high work rate. Uh, really, really is one of those guys who he he shows up and he, and he works hard all the time. Um, his background is a bit of a mystery, like you, you mentioned, um, is he's new to the city, he's kind of coming into town for school off of a transfer. Um, but he moved here uh, after growing up in the UK, where he spent time on the books with a former Premier League title holder in the Leicester City Fox Youth System. So oh. he was in a, in a good academy there. And then as he grew up, he featured um, with a few other uh, lower level teams in Corby Town FC and Islesbury United FC. Um, he's already been a great addition to the club. Like I mentioned, he's put, he put, puts in real quality work in, uh, in the trainings that we've had for the preseason so far. Um, and he also featured for, um, the Stegman 77 side that went down to participate, um, in Kansas city, uh, in the Midwest regionals of the USASA tournament this past weekend. So he's already, he's already a club. He's already a club guy. He's all in already. So I, I love that um, you say like, well, his background is a bit of a bit of a mystery. Like you guys don't ask him about what's going on. <laughs> What's up with him? <laughs> no way, man. Let Nobody us talks to him. They just let make us, sure, like, let's see let be Siku. Yeah, right, yeah. You know, <laughs> let the bird fly, right? Like, <laughs> Don't mess with the magic, man. Don't yeah, ask too yeah. many questions. You'll break the spell. Yeah, yeah. Why, why complicate things? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we haven't really asked him about it. I mean, I will at some point, but I like it. I just, at this point, I don't really care. Uh, as, as long as you can play good soccer, you can call you what call yourself whatever you want, and you know, just just show up and play good soccer. Fair enough, man. So to continue with um, transfer news that we we uh, we mentioned, we we have talked in the recent path, Nate, that City is a proven pathway to professional soccer, and it has been legitimized. Um, and the transfer we signed off on this this past week. Um, is just more evidence of that. You might remember we talked a few weeks ago that Miles Stockton Willis traveled to Sweden with the group um, out of Chicago in uh, the Bridges Academy. That yeah. is also featured former Open Cup Crow by Habat. 
Um, so he, he linked up with that group and went on an extended kind of group trial process in, in Sweden. And mm-hmm. we know Miles can play ball, um, but we also know that, he, that he's one to put the work in. And um, that has done him well. And the trip paid off as Miles signed with Vrigstad IF of Sweden's fourth division this past week. Yeah, man, that is super exciting. As soon as I yeah, heard the news, cool. I did some research because I want to know, you know, we got to know as much about Vrigstad as we can. And I don't know Swedish. So that was a problem to look on the internet on Swedish websites, but Google translates it really well. So I, I was going to say, yeah, you I might not know the language, right but you, you can click a button though, yep. right? <laughs> I think that I'm right here. So Vrigstad plays in what is the Smålands Football Association, which is um, at basically Sweden's sixth level. And from but what I can tell... It's basically fourth division soccer though. It's yes. weird how they're... Like once you get to pass the third division... It's it all a little fourth cla- division. It gets a little cloudy there, mm-hmm. and then it's like, then they say like this is a sixth division team. So it's yep. it's weird. But if you're if you're thinking about it solely as a ladder or pyramid structure, it's it's, it's it falls chunk. in the four category. Yeah, yeah. So so from what I can tell, Sweden soccer is first organized by local district, like as as local of a of an area as possible, um, and then those just get bigger and bigger. So Smålands. Um, is a province in Sweden, kind of in south central Sweden, and that is one of the districts that that is that it's in south is. central. <laughs> yeah, south central Sweden, oh, the most dangerous part of Sweden. <laughs> yeah, it's real rough around south central Sweden, man. Look out, Miles. <laughs> so um, there's a number of divisions within East District. So Vrigstad currently currently plays at the highest level of that Smålands Association, and if they win their league. They, that means they move up to Division Three, which is a more uh, broadly regional league broken down into, like, three regions, Norland, Svealand, and Gotaland, each with its own conferences, which is, like, North, Mid, and South Norland, East, South, and West Svealand, six different regions of Gotaland. So those, those all, in their own way, feed up and up to a broader to broader and more broader geographic areas until you hit the uh super eton and the allsvenskan which is sweden's second and of course top league which seems like a pretty good model for pro rel doesn't it john yeah it does it makes so much sense that like you start small start in the region that you can compete in start in the region that you can travel in and as you get more and more successful ideally you get more money you get you get bigger and you can travel farther and farther afield until you've hit it big. Yes. Makes total sense. Maybe, maybe there's some people listening to this that can help translate it to translate that into <laughs> soccer English yeah. for, for, for the United States soccer federation. <laughs> um, but before I even dive in, you talked about how your Swedish isn't good, but you really fucking nailed it, man. I, I think you did a really good job. So definitely pat yourself on the back. All right. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> go to bed go to bed with a gold sticker on your on your lapel for that right. one my grandpa would be proud <laughs> right so um yes we finalized things earlier this week with miles and he's set to actually feature in their first team match on this saturday so um he's already proven he belongs um with them them signing him to uh to a nice little contract there um if you want to keep tabs on him you can head over to the rigstot if website um, as I don't think that they'll be playing on FS1 at all this season. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no. 
Yeah, and there's and I, I, I there's no indicator that you're going to get any any uh, any shaky iPhone footage of games either because I don't think that they they do um, record that and and televise it. So no live streams, but there may be a chance that, that uh, some listener, maybe Bryn, this can be your task, uh, that uh, <laughs> one of our listeners can can find some footage of of Miles uh, balling out there in in Sweden. But I think you know if. If we if we kind of put a bow on this, it's a fantastic first step for him over there, um, as he, he's well primed for putting in some solid performances to catch an eye of other teams. As other teams do, uh, you know, higher up on the ladder do keep tabs on on the lower um, small lands teams that that uh, that do participate in the in the Swedish Soccer Association. So um, there is an opportunity for him to move up the the ladder with good performance for the future at, in the Swedish Football Association. So. Much luck to um, to Miles. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are really proud of you uh, at home, but also uh, within city headquarters. And we're we're happy that we could provide you with uh, what you needed while you were in town. And you uh, go make us proud, man. Yeah. Hey. So if you want to follow Miles and and what he's kind of up to over there in Sweden, I highly recommend you follow him on Instagram. He is m e underscore l a y l a y z Malays. I think. There's a lot of good stuff on there. He's 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 got it like one foot in the fashion world. He does a little little bit of art. He's always talking soccer. He's showing off all the delicious food he's eating over there. Um, it's definitely a cool snapshot into into his life as he's getting settled into this team. And I think if you had followed him, you would have seen on one of his stories on Instagram a couple like a week or so ago. He posted a picture with the Vrigstad home kit showing off so you might have you might have kind of known ahead of time like we did yeah inside baseball inside baseball so yeah follow all your city players because you never know you never know where they're going right exactly you never know that you're gonna find out about swedish soccer Mm -hmm. (laughs) so miles is not the only player that's been rubbing elbows with professional soccer players um a little closer to home our very own aaron olsen or ao as he goes by has been training with Minnesota United. So this, when you told me this, I thought like, this is crazy. How did this happen? And, and why (laughs) not like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. How how is this? How is it that like Aaron Olsen gets picked out of everyone to, to go and train with Minnesota United? Sure. So it's no secret that over the past two seasons, we've actively tried to align ourselves with our cousins across town and trying to like navigate what the best way to do that is. And we've kept in, you know, in constant communication with them. Um, and outside of a few closed door matches um, over the past few years, haven't really done much more than that. Mm-hmm. And um, well, this is a new season and we have a new point of contact over there. Um, and I've actively been working with them to set up additional matches for this year to fill their needs, because as we know, they don't have a full reserve side. And even when they do get that full reserve side, um, you know, I, I do fully anticipate that there'll still be a connection there at some point, um, which is great for, for the two organizations, but without having that full reserve side, which is what they haven't had the past two seasons, they do need to get those valuable 11 aside matches in. So we were the, we were selected as a, a a group that could come in well-organized and could, could help them rather than hinder them with what they need to do. So that's kind of where we started. Well, the phone rang, uh, you know, a week ago and due to injury, um, at the right back position, they simply just said, "Like, do you have any players that you feel confident um, allowing us to 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 borrow them uh, and, and bring them into training?" 
um, to help us with, to fill out some needs because of the injuries. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, what are you, what are you looking for? So they kind of told us what they were looking for. And we offered up both AO and Charlie Adams as two options at, at the right back position. Um, and with each of them kind of both having similarities, but obviously offering different things. We know AO is more your traditional right defender, um, does look to get forward where Charlie's more of the, the well-rounded, you know, soccer player who, um, is not traditionally a defender, but does well back there, but is more of an attacker. So kind of presented them with the two options and they chose AO. Um, and, uh, you know, word was his performance was really well. And an indication, um, right now is that, he will be back with them if they have a, another need like that in the future, if they, if they need assistance. So he performed well, um, you know, for himself. Um, and then also for us as an organization to say like, Hey, you know, if you need, if you have a need, we, we have guys and it, it doesn't have to just be the right back. If something else pops up, we'd be happy to send a guy there for, you know, a day or two um, for whatever you need. So, so awesome stuff there. That's really exciting. So, um, so another instance, Nate, of how our club provides opportunities outside of our walls um, for players. And we're, and we're really happy for them whenever, whether it be a mild situation where he's going to Sweden or this, this situation where AO and Charlie were offered up to, to be selected um, for training with Minnesota United. So it's kind of a pat on the back and a positive reflection of our, of our, uh, our organization and, and the efforts that we have, but also the, the quality type of player and, and human being that we align ourselves with on our rosters. So, um, so yeah, really happy for him. I know he was, he was super pumped about it. Um, traditionally AO is usually on AO time and, and like five to 10 minutes late to everything. But, uh, I was told he was er- he was early for this. How one, could you so. not be? How would you? How would you not be like I'm driving the route the day before just to make sure? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you know your your wife's pregnant and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I have three options to the to the to the uh, hospital. The bag's packed. You know. <laughs> so, um, but no, we always joke with him that he's on AO time. But I did say like, so did 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 you did you keep the the training gear? And he's like, oh no no, I gave it back. And I was like, dude, the first rule is you got to keep the training gear. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah you know maybe maybe next time and then i said well did you wear city, any city gear and he's like yeah you know i had a pair of shorts on when i got there i was like next time you gotta go in you gotta full, full regalia you gotta go full crow man yep. you gotta let these guys know where 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 you where you shouldn't eat <laughs> you know like <laughs> so if i can line the timeline up this must have been like jerry when jerry was hurt and i think um mirrors picked up that knock in either the game on the 17th or the 31st Yep, and went off, and that's pretty much your right backs right there. They have got they had brunch, the man bun that came in a little bit, but there really is is no one else at the, you know, right. Who's, well, that, uh, who's, the, who's that new guy? The, um, yeah, Manthe, the, the or what's his name? Yeah, the rookie that they yeah. drafted. So he was playing with the first the first team. So um, Ao was lining up with the second the second unit. So yep. when they went when they did go full 11s, he slotted in on the right side. Um, next to Coleman and behind Ibarra. So he was around some some good some good players. Um, oh, sick. And, and against yeah. Nicholson, right? Yeah, and against Nicholson. So, Ooh. you know, like beforehand, I was like, you know, I don't need to tell AO how to play soccer, but I was like, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> as a right defender, the least you can have the ball on your foot, probably the better. And he's like, that's exactly what I did, man. Just got it and gave it to other people. <laughs> so yeah, um, That's fair. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so totally fair. But, uh, no, I mean, he – he did well and that's awesome for him. And, you know, like 
it's a great opportunity for for him, and we were we were happy that uh, that he he had had the chance. Just another example of how great a good relationship can be uh, with Minnesota United, you know, for a team like us. That's really cool. Yep. So for our final segment, I want to talk briefly about the <laughs> now famous fifty-five-one article published this week about FC Minneapolis and their ill-fated, probably fake, friendly against Uganda. Uh, you, that... Do you really think this is going to be brief? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Yeah. So the so... reporting um, by Damien AC, a.k.a. the NPSL Northerner, um, was, was kind of harsh, and it managed to throw shade at a number of local clubs and organizations um, throughout <laughs> throughout the article but ultimately it was very well written and really well researched and it pulled it pulled from a number of sources um from fc minneapolis's past including uh the owner the current owner of duluth fc tim sass the old owner of um fc fargo t- and current social media manager of granite city tim singleton um all these other like people from around that have been around soccer in minnesota for a while were were able to give their perspective on this mm-hmm. and it painted a pretty bizarre picture of how fc minneapolis operates it's basically a local freelance squad if you're not familiar that talks a big game but never seems to produce we have played them once if i remember right maybe twice um in the in the lead up to the free summit game a, a couple falls ago leading up to our to our open cup game against oakland right Correct. Yeah. So there are a number of Twitter threads and comment sections for listeners um, to see the reaction. Highly recommend you read it if you haven't yet. It's long, but it's worth it. Um, But let's just say the soccer internet is not giving FC Minneapolis the benefit of the (laughs) doubt on this. (laughs) um, The fellow UPSL squads are concerned from uh, Santa Fe to... Uh, what was another one I saw? There's a there's a bunch of them that are that are worried about how how the UPSL is dealing with this. They're worried about the prospect of playing against an insolvent team, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, the UPSL is strangely defending uh, FC Minneapolis. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and and there's tons of non-league and grassroots teams and supporters from all over the region, all over the country, up in arms over this pattern of deception. And how how strange this this behavior has been. So, what kind of impact are you seeing, John? Really, what I want to get to with this is not to rehash the article. I think people should go read it for themselves and and draw your own draw your own conclusions. But what kind of impact are you seeing from your convos with local players, uh, local clubs, and academies? When it comes to uh, when it comes to this article, man, dude, way to hand me the loaded weapon. Yeah, well, it, this is where you shine. This is this is why your inside information is useful, dude. Just spin the clip and pull the trigger, right? <laughs> Jesus, Diddy Mao, Diddy Mao John. <laughs> um, so before I before I dive in, um, you know, and I mean, where do I start? But uh, before I dive in, I think two quick things. Um, you know, one is you know the not only has it been across the country like the the teams that are greatly impacted immediately with all of this would be the teams in the midwest region that they're playing against yeah. and th- those folks have started to contact us and be like what's going on <laughs> is this real like is this this has to be fake kind of thing um and then the other thing is the fact that um that i do feel it's weird that the the league is taking a strange stance on it. And it's almost like a, like a, a puffing of the chest. Like don't talk bad about us, but it's like, we're not, we're not, 
we're not reading that they're talking bad about you as a league. I mean, a little bit of like, how do you let a team like this in with a proven track record? But it's like, man, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you kind of hitched your, uh, your wagon to, uh, to a, a, a squeaky wheel here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you kind of got to, you know, take it with a grain of salt and, and, and look at fact, but also read the article because I'll just leave it at this. It also talks about like the inclusion of a failed kickboxing promoter in Africa. Oh, so the story is so wild. Like it's the, so wild. <laughs> the way that things are apparently done. I mean, it's just the, the, the people that he, he had used to try to do or that he says he used to organize this friendly and that he's hanging his hat on are, you know, failed hucksters at best. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like entertainment promoters, and they like got in a fight over a kickboxing match that was scheduled over another one, and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? And that like, like someone was like, it, her reputation <laughs> is of being literally cursed. Yeah, <laughs> I had to go back and reread that again <laughs> so many times because I was like, you know, like, it, you know, like you joke about anything, you're like, it's so funny, you can't even write it. Yeah, like you can't even make it up. You can't put it on paper. Saying they were unlucky. Oh gosh, she's an unlucky woman. No, that woman has been cursed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like when I say like you can't write something like that, it literally was written. So um. So anyways, where, where besides that fa- fact, where, where do I really start? Uh, I mean, I have in one way or another been connected um, with FC Minneapolis since the article has been written and since it be- it's been released. Um, if you've not read it, like you mentioned, please do. It's it, like you said, it's long. It's like 7,000 words, I believe. Um, and actually, like, as I was reading it, I was hoping there was more. It was like another claim. And it's like, wow, this can't be real. And then another one, like, wow, it's even it's even better. And then the next thing, it just kept the layers of this onion were just being peeled back. I was like, I hope there's another onion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, when it comes down to it, Nate, I really could give five rips about their founder, Ian Cindy, what he does or does not do with his organization. I really don't give a shit. Um, but put aside the fact that, that he is likely the most toxic person in Minnesota soccer right now. Um, to, to answer your initial question, um, I talked about how some teams reached out. Um, players have reached out to me that are on their team or player, our players have reached out like, what is, is this real? Um, fans have reached out coaches i mean you name it the press has reached out um and asked questions about it um and and trying to get reaction and comment from us and it comes to the conclusion um this really this really can't be a thing right like it's like this has to all be a fabrication that 55 one made up and it's not because out of out of respect for those guys they they have always done their work and they and they work really hard and I don't think they even get paid. I think no. maybe there's a little there's a little bit of you know maybe ad revenue money in it or something. Yeah, some ad revenue money there. But like mm-hmm. all the guys, um, Damian AC and Kyle Lyson and and people I'm not mentioning, all do really great work. And when I'm reading the threads of people saying like, oh well, you know this seems like you know half reported and one one sided. No, it literally was 360 degrees reviewed and cited and sourced and people were contacted and including the uh, coming from the horse's mouth. I mean, that half this, half the story was just Ian Cindy trying to 
backpedal and and give somewhat of legitimacy to what happened when it clearly wasn't legitimate. So, um, so I want to definitely say that before we talk a little bit more into reactions to it, that 55 one did a fantastic job and for detractors out there, there's no detractors in Minnesota and that should tell you something that we, it's a trusted source. So yeah, not not only, not only that it's not, but there's also, if you've been even around local soccer for a couple years, it's not a surprise. Like, you know that FC Minneapolis is not the most, I don't know, put together organization. Like some of the stuff that they'll, that they'll claim, some of the stuff they say is just like a lot of, there's a lot of puffery there. So you got to take usually what they post with a grain of salt. Anyway, not that we could, not that the people calling you and asking if anything's true and what do you know about it? Like, really, we don't know. We don't know any if any of yeah, that I don't is know. true. Like we don't. You talk to the players. You talk to the. You talk to the the kids that that had to be on that in that van wearing their suit for twelve hours, according to the according to the uh, the article. You talk to the. <laughs> you know what I mean? You talk to the players that lose out on opportunities and stuff like that. Those are the guys that can that can comment on it. Not not really anyone on the outside. Well, right, and we've talked to the folks in St. Louis and the folks in Wichita that they played against too. You know, yeah. on those 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 non league the professional non league circuit that they were on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know if any of it's true. I got a real good idea what whether it's true or not, but I don't know for a fact. Right. Um, so, anyways, to to kind of keep <laughs> keep this going and keeping it as brief as possible, um, I do have a few reactions of my own. Uh, shocker! But uh, before I do start, I must say that um, none of it's new news for me. Um, as we've been kind of tangled up in the web with FC Minneapolis since 2013, which was a year before they were created, um, as we came across Ian Cindy with our Stegman's arm at the time. And then it's only continued as we've created Minneapolis City. And it's actually only gotten stronger (laughs) since because of the fact that we we now kind of live on the same perceived parallel as those guys Mm -hmm. from a league perspective. So, um, so yeah, it, I'll just get into it. Um, the first thing from an issue standpoint I have is what, um, when what I put lots of legitimate effort and work into is affected by someone or an organization outside of us, I push back because we work too damn hard to keep city at the high quality that we have. I mean, we just talked about how we have, you know, uh, you know, uh, a handshake type of agreement that will work with Minnesota United in some fashion or another. And it's been successful. That's not something that that's going to happen with those guys, right? Like that's, that's just not going to be, be a thing. And, um, you know, I, you can't, I, I don't expect to sit back and allow our market share be clouded by lies and deceit because it, we, like I said, we put in too much damn work on this because we want to, and we love it that we, for it to be affected and for us not to like, mm-hmm do anything about it. So I take offense to all this stuff that it even happened. It, it mucks up the water and there's no business in the game in Minnesota for us or VSLT or twin stars or any other team at any level um, to have to move outside of our own focus and mission to even talk about this garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the biggest, as far as that point, the the biggest issue that I have is when you, when you think about how even like it was picked up this story of them, the friendly against Uganda was, picked up by Dave McCoy of WCCO, right? And right. and that reporting just on face face level was here's a here's a team uh of at or or above the level of all these other minor league 
soccer teams or lower league soccer teams in the region. And I think that, like you said, it really that that they're to lump them in with the with teams that work hard, like like City, of course, but even Twin Stars VSLT um, is completely inaccurate. It's an- it's an insult, really. Yeah, right. And just and just it's and it feels sloppy and lazy. So I think that was a big thing that I know Dan took offense to when that story came out, and that a lot of people who knew what was going on with FC Minneapolis uh, uh, on a on a certain level took offense to. And he was just like, "What? It's uh, it's all the same, isn't it?" Like that's lazy reporting, man. Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, not not to to throw gas on the on the eternal flame here, um, but. Like when when uh, when Damien AC was like just dropped a line on Twitter was like here's all, here's the reporting I did for your story yeah basically that was sweet <laughs> and it's so true and and how how much has has WCCO or this McCoy guy said since that story came out and now and now this article has been published after the fact nothing I mean the the, the article or the story that was on WCCO was purely for like well. This is clearly uh, another example of what's going on with with how what's going on with the government affects people here in Minnesota. Right, right, and little did they know that there's that the little the engine worst that could example. the little engine that could that is local soccer would just take a big steamy dump all over that puff piece. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, that, that's my first my first thing. My second thing is. I really feel bad for the players in the situation. I, I mean, I really do. Um, you know, some of the some of the guys have come through our trial process. Um, you know, one way or the other, whether it's through Stegman's or it's through Minneapolis City, and, and it hasn't worked out for them to be part of what we've created. But um, you know that we follow the rules, and and we always have players' best interests in mind. But there's a very, very, very fine line you have to walk with amateur players when you toss the word pro around. And they've been fast and loose with that term. And it is a fact that some players have skipped college opportunities um, because they were promised to be a pro soccer player. And by defining the team under a pro status, legit or not, and asking players to sign legit or not paperwork, it directly puts those college and those amateur players at risk. Yeah. And I know that there's been at least one instance where this is this has happened um, o- over there. And it like it pains me to hear that. And you can't take that kind of thing back once it happens. It's only a matter of time until it all unfolds. And then it's it's a shame because the kid's the one affected. And it's the worst type of impact under all these layers of lies that I, I could see. I would have put it as my first one, but I had to get out there that you push me, I'm gonna push you back harder kind of thing. But the second the second thing is like I feel really bad about the players. Yeah, this, this this is the this is the thing that I also I agree with you. I feel the worst about like these the picture that they painted of of what these players were told versus what they ended up going through based on some of these anonymous interviews that he had or some of these sources of players that play for them currently or in the past. Like not that's just not how any professional organization should should carry themselves or should treat their should treat their their players but really the the thing that got me was as i'm reading the comments of of the article there's a guy that uh says that they had rostered players at anoka ramsey community college drop off the team in preseason after being promised professional contracts with fc minneapolis and i think that that also means they dropped out of school yeah 
You and know, that was like, actually from that was that was directly from the coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, just to think that he, that he and his team were able to, were able to turn kids away from a, a legitimate future and a legitimate education on on the back of a lie is really upsetting to me. And I think you you have also kind of told me of of some personal conversations you've had with other players that have experienced the same thing. And I think from when we from when Minneapolis City played them, and from from what I've seen online. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there that I think a lot of these players are either first or second generation Americans, whose family does not have the um, the the knowledge, the institutional knowledge, the knowledge of local of the local community, of local sports, of local education, to be able to help them through decisions like leaving a no, leaving community college for a for a soccer program. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where where that might be a where a soccer program in Ecuador or Mexico might have some legitimacy to be able to say, "Don't go to school; you should play for our academy." Like you said, there's hucksters and 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 con men here that do this quite often across the country. So to, right. to think that he he has rostered a, a number of these first and second generation um, immigrants and potentially robbed them of of an opportunity to better their station and better, better their, their place in, in this country is, uh, is, is personally upsetting to me. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's what you said is exactly how I feel. I mean, I, there's no, there's not really much more we can add on to that. It's just that it sucks and it, it just sullies the game. Well, along the way. And, and the you fact know, like, that he himself is an immigrant it is almost worse. Right. Right. Because it's so, short-sighted and self-centered mm-hmm. that the whole thing as you read that article you're like god this is just like it's it's just this this web of 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 stories that have been crafted to the point of believing them all internally. to fuel his own personal yeah all to fuel his own kind of personal narrative of himself and his own um you know delusions of grandeur it's it's really strange yeah totally strange so so, okay, so we get to my third, my last point. So my last thing is maybe a little bit of a surprise, but outside of the clear roots of these issues that we've talked about there that were presented, I really feel this is an issue that U.S. soccer has kind of allowed to happen. So what I mean by that is I'm sure there are plenty of shady things that go on in soccer all over the world. In fact, some of them have been very public in recent years. You know, like look at FIFA, for example. <laughs> um, you know, but or you look at you look at some of the match-fixing things. You know, it, it, it happens all over the world. But then when it when it drops in your lap, you're like, how was this allowed to happen? And so basically, if you if you look at how soccer is in the United States, there is too much of an emphasis on the top half of the pyramid. Yeah. And and it's it's not it's not a knock on on anyone that's wrapped up in the MLS, but we all know the issues with that league and how it's more, it's the McDonald's franchise type model for lack of a better way to describe it, where you buy into it. There's weird allocation money rules. There's, there's just weirdness that goes on in that league, but the emphasis in our country is that's the top thing. Mm-hmm. And then that, the, that top thing then has to have a second thing, which is our, our next step down, which is basically their reserve league, and then a chance for people that are up and coming to to go through to that pro pro division, but no pro rounds, we know. Um, and then beyond that, it's like, do whatever you want. 
So mm-hmm. to me, it seems like there's just this lack of structure and regulation that is like a cesspool breeding ground for this kind of stuff. And it kind of has to stop because we're, we're just basically allowing what's good about soccer in the United States where you have tons of kids playing it. There's an organized structure for, for kids to grow up in the game. And then you get past high school and the DA maybe will throw them in the mix too. And then it's kind of just like a, now what? And yeah. that it's kind of, it's, it, and then these type of things happen. And, and to me, it's a wonder why the UPSL is backing the team um, and an owner who has basically been removed from every league they've played in over the past four years. But I mean, that's their, their call to do their thing um, or to not do something about it. I just feel that without a hard look at the amateur game in the country, um, you know, and, and how to support those that are legitimate um, and do things the right way, we're only going to see weird shit like this ha- keep happening. And it probably is all happening elsewhere. Just this happens to be our, our use case in our little yeah. small ecosystem. Oh, you know it. Uh, U.S. Soccer, John, I'm going to – this is just another, another uh, piece of evidence that has been growing since at least our experience and since we've heard of the experience of other teams in the U.S. Open Cup. Like, U.S. soccer just doesn't have the capacity. It doesn't have the will. It doesn't have the interest to pay attention to lower league organizations until those organizations have the potential to bump up against the PDL and above. I mean, think about the difference in what it takes for a team to host a U.S. Open Cup in the qualifiers versus what it te- what it takes for a team to host a U.S. Open Cup game um, once once you're in the true knockout rounds, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I think they told us something like, all you need really is a field and a, and a, and a bathroom facility or something. Yeah. You know, like, psh, that's it? Like, you don't need locker room. Meanwhile, the NPSL has more stringent requirements for what it takes mm-hmm. to, ho- to host a game. Like, yeah. the U- U.S. soccer has no interest in... At, at, at a lower at until maybe you can maybe you have to play the Des Moines Menace or maybe you have to play FC Cincinnati or maybe you have to play someone uh, with, with a little bigger name recognition they don't have any interest in make in leveling the playing field there at all it's just like you said once you're below a certain once you're below a certain point we'll just let the the animals eat each other until until someone rises up right and when you have right. people and that sucks that sucks for you as soccer that I can't believe they're so short-sighted because when you have people saying all all the time on, the, on online and locally, you have people saying support local soccer, support local, but then you end up unfortunately with a team like this as your local team, like that sucks. That's it for that's it for you. You just lost a city of fans. Right, exactly. And I think my only way to kind of wrap this all up is I've said it time and time again within our our level of soccer no matter where you are in the country if you if you don't have a unique perspective and you're not authentic and you don't own who you are you will be found out mm-hmm. and and you you are part of the problem and that's that's exactly what we saw here yes. and it just helps further further justify why i keep saying that i think more and more as we're getting into as as more teams are popping up as we're learning about more um more new teams to all these leagues all over the country, you see this trend of teams like us who are grassroots teams. But the problem is with grassroots teams, you also see a lot of AstroTurf teams trying to 
emulate that success. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell the difference at first glance until you really start to dig down and see that like, oh, this is just a super rich investor that decided to plop down in a city in America and try to make a couple bucks. Like, you know what I mean? Or, or this yeah. is just a kid. Or this is just a guy who's trying to make a name for himself back home or trying to make a name, name for himself locally and creating a whole soccer universe that doesn't exist <laughs> like outside of his outside of on like a bunch of post-it notes on a, on his apartment wall. Right. Right. Yeah. Looks like a scrum, <laughs> looks like a scrum board. So, um, you know, <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely caution people as you, as you get, as we start to try to support other teams and, and we find ourselves like trying to support like-minded teams, really do a little research and really, really do some, um, take a second look at what teams really are like-minded and what teams deserve your support and, uh, and make your choice, you know, after you've done some due diligence. I mean, no, look at, look at how, like our, our division for a good example. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm sure I know for a fact that we all do things differently. And I'm sure that there's, you know, different ways that there's different ways to slice the slice the apple here where, you know, someone in St. Paul might be doing something different than us. But we're all we're all legitimate trying to trying to make it work. And it's it's just so baffling that we all can get lumped into by one way or another to something that's so fake, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. Like what? Like why? Like I, I got to a point this week where communication was coming in, and like I'm, I'm, you know, talking to Dan. Like you'll never believe what what I heard here, and you know, get a load of this kind of thing a- after this all kind of unfolded. And and it was just like a, at what point do I just stop paying attention to it because I, it's just so I just I'm done with it. And like you said, inc- I I also encourage people that when you're when you're looking for a team to align yourself with, you know, it could be, you know, geographical or it could be just ideological. It could be whatever. Um, you could just like a player uh, that plays on the team, but you know, that doing your research on things is, is very, very important because at the end of the day, like regardless of, of whether what this guy is doing is legit or not, I think we all have a idea after that article, whether it is or not, but like, if you're gonna put your own money into something, mm-hmm. like, like even if it's like eight dollars for a game ticket, it's your eight dollars that you're putting into that that is going to something that is completely a sleight of hand or smoke and mirrors. And well, you got wasn't you he, know like for instance, wasn't FC Minneapolis selling season tickets at the NSC at the Sports Center in Blaine, and he had no agreement with them whatsoever to play there. Yes. So again, it's, it's the, be a fan of whoever you want and whatever type of organization that you, you want to, but like do do just a little bit of homework, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, if you're going to sink any of your own money into something, like, please align yourselves with a good group that loves to give back, Nate. That's right. Speaking of that, <laughs> that is, that, that's us. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be all great, for this week's show. Great segue. Uh, thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. Uh, the ever-so-popular Maybach is out. I just drank one. It's a delicious blonde Bach, proudly brewed in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, if you want a little smooth taste with some, some punch on the ABV levels, then this is the answer. 
It's in stores. It's on tap. Go get some. Did you know, I'm so excited, Minneapolis City's first game of the year is almost upon us. You have, Please, you must join us as we welcome the Nebraska Bug Eaters into town on Saturday, April 21st. The game is at the Parade Ground, which is over by the Blake School, over by Dunwoody, and the Walker Sculpture Garden. It's at 7 p.m. on Saturday, April 21st. Tickets are available online now at mplscitysc.com for just $8. Or, hear me out, you can buy a membership and make, make it the first game of many that you can see for only $65. You get a cool season pass to all upcoming city matches this summer, including friendlies, NPSL games, U23 games. You get a fancy new membership scarf. And, one, and of course, you get a vote so you can have a say in the direction of local soccer. Do you like helping people? We do. You may have heard it. We, but helping people sometimes <laughs> comes with a cost, and we would need we would like your support. So if you're looking to align yourself with a fine group that loves to give back, Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate with a safe, reliable place to play the beautiful game. Think about donating today. If you want to get a hold of us, we have made it easy. Bryn knows how to do it. Send a note on Twitter at the people's pitch <laughs> or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. John checks an email at least once a month. <laughs> All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up at mplscitysc on Twitter. That is all for this week. We once again will leave you with our house MC, the newest resident of Sweden, Miles Stockman Willis, aka Malaise. I am Nate. That is John. Thank you for being the people. Thank you for being our people. We'll see you next week. We're playing Uganda. You got hooked. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs I can staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized And everything I see is make-believe Cup a bad bitch, make her wipe off Maybelline She wanna F with me, maybe get close, data G Run up data plans, getting A to B like AT&T Hate me when she's coming, it's the perfect time for me to leave Patience then is crepe, so I'm craving her creative Make her breakfast in bed, then have sex instead One life, live it up 175, Grey Goose, treat it like a sippy cup 105 on the dash, watch me giddy up Only one on the bench, still pressing city up No stress from the press, it ain't news, I'm getting paper Ask for the check, first time I see the waiter Make my own luck, knocking over salt shakers Every September 4th, should've put in more labor Yes, flex, get out my lane, we ain't the same don't play Red Rover with the train Lingo rolling off my tongue Like a slogan spoken slang Surely spitting like this token Wrote and spoke it in some fangs I could hang a vampire Highly inspired Haven't reached this height before I might get higher Crew conspires round the campfire Rolling till our hands tired Rap MacGyver saying sapphire Satire with the swag Attire you admire So well put together No assembly required Newly hired Still this heat so fire That it gets them fired Fuck boys thinking that they fresh But expired Everybody Everybody's flawed, that's just life's law Wonder what life will be like when the ice thaw I'll die any day cause I'm down for the cost Do it bigger than the Big Bang like my name was Rush Burning bridges with no guts Tell her open up her jaws and feed her nothing but bare claws All about my dough so she want a nut duck Keep my ducks on a row on the pond like what? Getting flocks at each show, giving out goosebumps 
playing with her heart, claim she playing spades. Whenever we apart, her brain ain't the same. Tickle her pussy as I tickle her ear hair. More boss than Ross, never been to a career fair. Blood, sweat, tears dripping off my upper lip on some shit. Krillin' chillin', gripping on destructo discs. Go left, go right in life, maybe eat a Twix. Rapping like a silly rabbit, tripping in the tricks. On the come up! Yeah, boy, this the come up! Whole squad about to motherfucking come up! <laughs>